One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. NBC Sports, Football Morning, and American columnist Peter King. What do you think about the Chase Thomas podcast? I like to plug the Chase Thomas podcast. Listen to Chase Thomas. You'll be a smarter sports fan and obviously a much better human being. Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca vs. Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com, where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Atlanta, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back. Chase on Block here on a Sunday night, a spinoff here on the Chase Thomas podcast, where we, you guessed it, talk about the NBA here on this very program. We will not be discussing what happened uh, earlier in the evening with a certain Atlanta franchise. Uh, many are saying as we're recording this, John Collins just missed a, another shot in said game, but we are not going to discuss that. Instead, my guest and I are going to talk about his team, who no, no Orlando Magic on this podcast either, beyond the arcade. How are you, sir? Man, I'm good. Not not as good as those Celtics, I guess, today, but you know, I'm I'm doing all right. My magic are, are looking up. That's that's what matters. My magic are up and but we're not here to talk magic. We're here to talk bounce around the league, a little playoff ball. We do have a lot going on here. Uh, we're gonna bounce around a lot of NBA uh here the playoffs are in full swing how are you organizing your day like how are you organizing what you're watching are you doing full games are you taping some stuff and then going back through to parse through what you want to watch and just see um some film that you want to study how how do you break it down 
Man, the playoffs, I got to watch as much live basketball as I possibly can. So mm-hmm. over on the East Coast, it's a little tough to get some yep. of these late tips. I mean, some of these 10 p.m. tips, I don't know what Adam Silver's thinking over there. So we're, we got to catch some of these replays the next day. I'll watch the full game replay for some of them, like right when I wake up, basically, the right when I get up. You, you got to watch like the Sacramento versus the Warriors series. And Nuggets been beating up on the T-Wolves late. So... You know, you got to catch up, but I, I do my best to stay up late and just wa- watch the, the full game. But it, it depends. I, I try to get the experience probably as a fan, experience it live first. And then if I want to do more of a, a breakdown, break open the film the next day and, and look more into kind of the details of the plays and the, the action back and forth. I like it. Um, are you a note taker? I'm a note taker with all my stuff. And I dot stuff down. Like, how, do you do notes by hand? Do you do an iPad? What do you do note wise? I got the notes app. You know, it's okay. It's a classic move. I'll just, especially if I'm just right, you know, writing down some quick thoughts on the game. Like, oh, I, I really like this player's burst on the, the random play in the third quarter. Let me let me make sure I note that. Mm. Um, so I I just keep the the notes track, notes app, keeping track of uh, different games and kind of depends on what mode i'm in if, if i'm in a like a fan hat or an analyst hat you know d- depends but try to really keep depends on the situation but if we're if we're breaking down the game action you know you gotta write down everything that pops out it could be a player's you know individual attribute or maybe the team defensive game plan and how that changes over the game so a bunch of things to keep track of that way what you draw? What was the biggest note you dropped uh, today on the notes app? What was your biggest one that you're excited about coming back to? What's the biggest note you've made for today's games? For I today's mean, the, games, the Warriors Kings was mm. just a, an epic game. I mean, I, I think Draymond's performance was probably the biggest note I have. Like his clutch defense in the last few minutes, he, he got a steal and a block on Sabonis. He was forcing stops as a one man defender shutting down the Kings that kind of looked a little deer in the headlightsy little, little first time there in the first time in the big dance type of feeling for them. So it was, that was probably the big takeaway was, was, you know, Steph hitting his shots like he's supposed to their clutch stop on Fox on the last play. They just, they decide to basically not full on double, but, uh, Steph cut him off and Draymond was there right away to stunt at him and force the kick out and make somebody else beat him. And that was what Draymond touched on after as well. So that that, that was the big thought. But I mean, just a, an epic game. I mean, Darian Fox is just out of this world right now, just basically matching Steph Curry, just insane shot after insane shot. He had 38 points that first game and I want to say he had 30 point, 38 points again, is at least this this last game in game four, and he's hitting these like left right crossover pull ups, the like the hezies, and they would we would say they're the most epic tough shots of the playoffs if Steph wasn't coming back down and just hitting like step backs right just to to answer any shot you can think of. So it, it's been a definitely an epic series. Got to keep watching this one I, I'm, I'm excited to keep looking into this one do you think Basically, oh sorry well no do you think draymond should continue to come off the bench did that add a different dimension that you were that you liked for them um yes and no like it's obviously working for them mm-hmm. in the sense that they won the last two games but i i don't think it's their best 
version of them, even mm. if it has worked. Like, I don't necessarily think he's um, like, I think they, they value his playmaking, especially in his decision-making with the handoffs offensively. And they, they almost missed that creation a little bit. It, there were a lot of early turnovers with the um, Moses Kuminga lineup. And I'm not necessarily sure that's all on them. Steph definitely had a bunch of kind of bonehead plays with the, the timeout thing and, and just, you know, classic warriors kind of weird turnovers that like, uh, can be thrown like grade school level turnovers or something, but um, you know, they probably miss Draymond's playmaking in that sense there. And then obviously he is a defensive anchor. So in that sense, I, I think he should probably get back to the starting lineup here soon, but they won two straight, even, even if this one was close. So, you know, they're probably going to ride with what, what keeps working and make it a, a slow return, but it's basically like the battle of, of inverted handoffs with these big men where, Sabonis actually leads the league in three-point assists, and Draymond is, I want to say, sixth. Or, mm. he, or they they were both around top five about a month ago, right, as the season was ending. And, you know, the, the Kings are obviously in the top, ranked number one in the league in, like, everything offensively from three-point shooting to pace to scoring. And a lot of that is the the threes that are creating being created off these handoffs with Sabonis. So that's a, an interesting element with um, against Draymond and the threes being created created off there and, and see how that matches up. So, so far, it seems like Draymond's winning that matchup where he's, sh- he's shutting down Sabonis individually. And every time he comes in, you know, they're both still creating those threes, but Draymond's def- definitely been there before. And it looks like, you know, he, he's bringing that impact once again. Do you think the Warriors win the series now? Man, that was, I mean, yeah, after that, that kind of a, that's kind of like a swing game to me mm-hmm. right there. I mean, that, that I mean, obviously where it would have been 3-1, Kings going up 3-1, and they had home court to begin with. So that would have been just an a much easier route to pull off the victory. And they had so many chances there. I mean, the, the Warriors were begging them to, to steal, steal it from them almost at the very end. Because uh, the Kings just couldn't totally pull it out, but I mean, Fox came, Fox came real close. He was super impressive once again, and you know we gotta just appreciate how close, how much fight they have for this team. I mean, I think I looked at the set that they had their first playoff win since the the year Twitter was first existed <laughs> in two thousand six. Mm-hmm. That was the first time the Kings have won since then. So. It feels longer, you know, honestly. Right. It feels like forever, like of my lifetime. Like since mm. it feels like since Chris Weber, basically since those teams, and that's really what it is. And the way I look at it too, like Tom Ziller, uh, who's a great Kings writer, um, mm-hmm. he uh, he did a really good piece for the Kings Herald, um, which is kind of like a spinoff from the Sacktown Royalty guys. And like, I don't know, how old are you? Okay, just hit the big three zero. Put me on okay. The here, I, just oh, I just turned yeah, 32. I just turned 32 last week. Yeah. When's your birthday? Happy birthday. About two months ago. Okay. Well, mine was last week. All right. I thought we were going to be close birthdays. It was a, <laughs> yeah, you, I don't know when you no longer just turned something, but I think two months feels a little oh, bit yeah. like. You're right. I, it, you're, you're very right about that. I just, I turned 30. So it's like the big, a big year for me. It feels like it just happened. Here's what I'll tell you though 30 is yeah. good. 30s are yeah. good. I would take my 30s over my 20s any day of the week. 30s are good, man. 
That's good like, to hear. Because people, when you're like doing this, like what we're doing, where we're just hanging around watching basketball, like I'm also watching Tennessee baseball and stuff, but people don't expect anything less. Like they're like, yeah, he's in his thirties now. Like he, we're not inviting him to go do some crazy. Like you don't have to go out. You can just live your best life because younger people think 30s old when 30s not actually that old it's just what you can act you can do the things that you wanted to do in your 20s but you felt obligated that you're like ah, oh, i'm in my 20s i'm gonna get dragged out i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that no when you're in your 30s you are in your own world people are just like he's entered a different era like he they some people look at you as like you're retired and it's just no but uh, it's it's awesome as someone who's always had an old person personality i mean i have been matlock above me right now like that's just <laughs> that it, it sits with me and it feels like it might sit with you so embrace your 30s 30s are good all right just hitting your old man's stride just yes it feels like it's all finally coming into place there matching up with your goals in, in life finally i just want to read sit by nice. the sit in a <laughs> park watch sports. yeah like i'm i'm Walk good around the lake yes fight the ducks yes they always want to fight they do they're not steps. nice no uh well ducks aren't bad you're thinking of geese geese are oh, oh, geese yeah. want smoke geese yeah. are very protective and territorial birds. ducks are fine ducks are hanging out they're 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 just doing their thing that's uh, but that's just knoxville and atlanta i can't speak to what they're like down there in florida i don't know if they're a different kind of duck <laughs> you be careful those lake eola and any of those birds near lake eola are, are ready to throw down have you seen an alligator up close oh yeah Okay, that's a classic. I mean, welcome to Florida. You can't go to a. But you've actually like walked up on one, like yeah, yeah. I mean, we we got even we got mini golf too with uh, what's it called Congo River. We got alligators hanging out with the mini golf. You can just go (laughs) feed them. Like it's a whole thing. Like just part of the mini golf experience. You're like hit a putt hole thirteen and also pet the alligator. Walk by the gators, feed them a little fish. Welcome to Florida. I didn't know it was a thing. That's awesome. I went to the alligator farm once in Jacksonville, maybe. I don't know. It had an albino alligator, which is pretty trippy. Um, But yeah, alligator farms were pretty, pretty wild. I'm pro gator. Gators are cool. Um, Not the Florida gators um, of that variety. Very uncool. Uh, We don't like them. No, we don't like them. Around here. Um, the biggest series surprise for you this week, based on how the series is right now, whether that's like the Sixers who swept, whether that's the Celtics who just went up through one on the Hawks, whether that's the Nuggets sweeping the Timberwolves, like what coming into the playoffs, did you, or did you have this idea of how it was going to go? And then it went a totally different way, which was the biggest example of this. It's gotta be these Knicks, Bing Bong mm. over here. In New York, I mean, I I had the Cavs winning the series, and and they're down three one after today. And earlier today, I mean, they stole home court before today even started. And I mean, it seems like the concerns about cat the Cavs depth are coming into play a little bit, uh, where the the core four are are playing relatively well in terms of their impact. They're they're plus six net rating in a hundred minutes through four games with uh, Darius Garland, Evan Moley, Jared, Jared Allen, and uh, Donovan Mitchell. But uh, the problem seems to be so far maybe either lack of depth or lack of playmaking once they kind of trap those guards. We've, we're seeing uh, Mitchell force a lot and not necessarily hit the tough shots. And Garland's been on fire, but when they trapped him, then there just hasn't been as much creation elsewhere. And on the other end, 
we're seeing Jalen Brunson just go off, and when they trap him, the uh, the Knicks are able to make him play and make him pay, like uh, R.J. Barrett attacking closeouts, getting to the rack, and you know if if Brunson, we saw a lot of empty side pick and rolls where Brunson was blitzed, and he would be able to kick around this game, and they just t- kept taking advantage. The Knicks did um, today on that, and you know Brunson's just been the best player, the best guard. He's putting up 24 points a game, efficient five to two assists to turnover. And the other big um, difference so far this series I didn't necessarily expect is the rebounding. Like the bigs for the Cavs Mm. are just getting manhandled. And you would think they're a top three defense. That's Evan Mobley, Jared Allen. Like they might be a little slim, but like they're, they're strong defenders, but they're just getting beaten on the boards. The Knicks are averaging six more rebounds a game. They got Julius Randle, Isaiah Hartenstein, and, Mitchell Robinson down there, and uh, they're just doing. They're just outworking them. Whatever that that grit is is in New York is working because they're they're just outworking them right now, and it shows. I mean, they're up three one, looking good, and I'm not sure what the Cavs' last move is. They tried putting Levert in the starting lineup. That didn't. That's probably their best five players. Maybe maybe they have a better defender somewhere in a better role, but they're just trying to get the best talent out there, and they just might not have that full rotation to to pull it off but at the same time i mean they keep they they came back in the third quarter today they were they're in the game they obviously i think they have a couple of the best top player like if brunson's the best player that the next three or four best players might be the Cavs on the Cavs. but i mean randall's obviously great too but so far this series you know they've been good so i think the you know the talent's close and i thought the Cavs' talent and the defense and offense being top 12 rated are all really good signs for a playoff team, but that that depth, defense, chemistry type of element just might be coming into play, and that might that might be the big big difference of why they fall out early. They're a Giannis lingering an injury away from being an Eastern Conference Finals shoe in, which is pretty insane. Because like if the Heat get through with Tyler Hero being out and now Victor Oladipo being out, like they're not getting through that Knicks series if they get Knicks Heat in round two, and they get through it because Giannis is out. That's insane territory we're talking yeah. about here. The Knicks making that, and then we get potentially Knicks Celtics. Um, sorry Sixers, but uh, again another injury type situation. We'll see what happens with. Uh, Embiid's knee sprain and what that looks like going into round two but like I don't know it's it's weird to see this much optimism and just see the kind of path the Knicks are kind of on they're they're in a really really good spot two teams that I don't think are in great spots but I think you can climb out and one of them is the Bucks the two seed the other one is the Grizzlies I think a lot of people are having fun with this right like we don't see this in the NBA like this, this many, just the Cavs, the Bucks, the Grizzlies, um, just different, different teams um, in the top half of the conference being on the ropes early in a first round series. Uh, the Grizzlies was a mess, right? The first quarter is going to haunt basketball fans like myself for a long time. That was that was rough. One of the worst quarters of basketball I've yeah. seen in a really long time. Thirty five to nine. I mean, That's... nine points in today's <laughs> NBA is just. It's pretty it's, preposterous. It's that, that it's, single digit that really <laughs> just drives home the how sad it is. Like if it was thirty five to ten, they wouldn't. It wouldn't be as embarrassing. But nine, I don't know nine. I mean ten. Nine, that's still embarrassing. Like in today's, like rough. you almost You're have right. to try. Like it's one of those where it's like it it's almost so impossible. <laughs> it's almost impossible, and I just 
for me, I don't think either are in all that much danger. Like it's all the talking about. I guarantee tomorrow on all the talk shows, it's going to be like Lakers are getting ready to, they smell blood in the water. The Lakers are coming. I'm like, the Grizz are pretty bad. They couldn't play any worse. They fought back really hard um, in the second half. Like Jaw went on that crazy heater. Um, they're really banged up. They could really use Steven Adams in the series. Like this is the series that you would need. Like Jaron Jackson's good, but like the bodies, he's in foul trouble. You don't have really any, like Almada is just a guy who would prefer to be on the perimeter. They don't really have Tillman's just like you saw this <laughs> like you've already seen like the, the best of Tillman at home. And then it's just, he's going to disappear for the next five games. So like, Brandon Clark out for the year like they're they're banged up all that being said I think Ja kind of turned the corner and found himself a little bit with his hand and everything else I don't think they're going to play that poorly again and then if you win game four uh, in LA which I think they will then you just have to win two or three at home and there we've seen they're a totally different team at home than at the road and I I just I'm not hitting the panic button now if they lose game four then I'm like yeah they're probably losing the series and then there's all kinds of issues I just, I'm not there. And then the Bucks, I'm like, it just takes Giannis playing. Like, I'm not, it's just, we love to do this and I don't want to like poo-poo like upset city. And like, they're trying to turn this into March Madness a little bit. I think I'm like, uh, I don't know. I think everybody's going to make it through. It's a long series. Adjustments happen. And I'll believe when I see it because we were here a couple of years ago with the Lakers and the Suns and it didn't happen. And part of it was injuries, but it's also like, that's also a part of this. Like, it could happen like we don't know um what's gonna happen a lot the point is a lot can happen in a series and when a lot can happen and you could still parse through it i just i'm not panicking i think the grizzlies and bucks still make it through are you in the same boat or do you think the lakers really do have a lot of the momentum and they they've shown you enough that you believe they're the better team in the series and they'll just flat out win mm. uh, of the two teams i'd i'd say the the lakers probably um I probably believe a little more in the Lakers than the Heat pulling hmm. pulling off this upset of those two teams at this point. But for all the reasons you just mentioned, where um, where the Grizzlies are kind of uh, facing a, a multiple different issues with with the injuries before getting into Jaw, and you know they did seem Jaw seemed to look fine. He had I think it was twenty two straight in that fourth quarter. I mean mm-hmm. that, that was the moment where it's like all right, maybe they can get through all, all of these problems so you know what i also think it kind of comes down to there is the lakers hitting their stride where after that westbrook trade they they got all their shooters finally and they 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 got anthony davis basically looking like his peak self and allowing lebron to be a little more of a secondary playmaker and and run the show as a drive and kick with with all these extra shooters so for the, in terms of just picking one, I'd probably pick the Lakers as the more likely upset. And also, like you, like you, like we, uh, you mentioned, the the Bucks are really good with Giannis, and obviously contenders with Giannis, and and still really good without him. Like they they have a a top defense with arguably two defensive player of the year candidates, Drew Holiday and Brook Lopez, in addition to Giannis being another defensive player of the year candidate, and Middleton being a strong scores so they have kind of that pre-built chemistry of being a championship team having the same system offense coach defense drop system for for years now where you know they i definitely have more faith in them kind of getting by without Giannis and withstanding maybe like a hot shooting heat game once or twice where the heat really need to 
and obviously they need hero back too and that's that's a big one big loss but um they, the heat really need like a perfect shooting game to to have a good chance i feel like just to be a fighting chance so that that one feels a little more one-sided at this point but the heat just won they did it i mean they they hit their threes and Giannis has been out so i i feel like the bucks feel safer like they're they're they seem to be keeping Giannis out to see if they can pull out one more win without him, get a little more rest, and it didn't happen. So now they're they backed it. They, it almost doesn't even seem like they're they're fully taking the series totally seriously yet because they you don't see Giannis playing forty minutes a game with a broken back like he did in the finals. Like we just saw him do go all out. So th- those are some reasons there. But but you also like, can't go down three one against Miami. Like you can't do yeah. it. Yeah, I mean you're you're not wrong. That's a uh, very hard to overcome. Well, Nobody but, wants this, by the way. Can you imagine Miami doing what they did in the bubble, but just with less offensive <laughs> firepower, like man, just grit and grind, there. just grit and grind, grit. making it as ugly as possible, and they somehow make it to the finals. Can you imagine like this version of the Heat without Hero, without Oladipo, with Jimmy Butler and Bam just? Winning games so, ninety eight to seventy four. Believe like you just mentioned, it's just tough to believe them like getting enough offense. But from, they've done it. We've seen it. Pulling it out, and they're and they and to be fair, like um, I think it was Tom Basine made the visual that that showed they have the top offense in the playoffs so far. Where oh my god, it's happening, isn't it? It's, it's happening. They're, they're losing a player every game, and R.I.P. Oladipo. By the way, I mean, yeah. geez, is, I I am so sad about where that career trajectory has gone from all nba upwards he, i mean he was the like you can't hit a better mark than the youngest guard to hit all d and all nba in the same season at like where he 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 and jimmy butler were like the only guards other than like michael jordan chris paul to reach that level and it's just so sad to I mean that series against cleveland with oh, lebron man. was just toe to toe game he thought it was seven. his coming out party and it just right. It was, it was hola, baby, hola, the the goat. But man, hopefully a, a full fast recovery for him. Wish nothing but the best there. But but yeah, with the uh, back to the Heat series, of course. But we're just hoping he can, he can get back soon, and we'll see how they they hold up. I mean, it, it's it's just a surprise that they're hitting their threes so far. That's yeah. really where I'm at. Cause I mean, Duncan Robinson has been really bad for a while and now he's playing a little better. Like he just he's doesn't even play like throughout threes, the year. Right? He was just DMP ZDs for like two thirds. Maybe they were waiting on this. They were just waiting to unleash Duncan back out. Like right. exactly. he's just ready. Playoff Duncan. And then Struess almost yeah. similar, like was just out for a while or just not hitting. And then all of a sudden, boom, he's, he's back to having a big game. So, I guess like it feels like it, it, if I were a betting man, the odds of the Heat hitting their threes and the Bucks not like Giannis not returning, like those odds don't seem to be favoring the Heat too great. Like I, I still feel relatively safer there about Milwaukee. But you know, it, you mentioned Jared Jackson Jr. I mean, even if if Jaws out, he could still be the best player in that in that in a game any mm-hmm. game in that series. I mean, he's officially the defensive player of the year hyped for him there and that's got to be you know something of a little bit of a incentive to for the matchup there against anthony davis i'm sure there's a little bit of you know just 
one unicorn facing the other and you know trying to fight for that title of best defender in the league and and who's the the real the real unicorn and all that so you would you would think that that matchup really defines the series whether whether jaw um ends up playing the rest of it or not but i i think they obviously need him especially with the depleted injuries and i i i think that one might be a little closer now because of all of the the things we've mentioned so far that's fair i'll say though i would not i will be more surprised the lakers win the series in the heat i will say that okay all right i I would be more surprised um are we sure the nuggets aren't just going to coast the nba finals like i think so many people have turned on them where it's like they don't want to give like I, i just look at this and i said before the year my nba finals prediction was nuggets uh bucks still feel okay like I said, I just said that I wouldn't be surprised if the Heat won the series, but that's Giannis' <laughs> health permitted. Like I just, we'll see. And the Heat have been this kind of pesky team. Like I, I just, we've seen it before. We haven't seen it with this iteration Lakers, uh, honestly, since the bubble. Um, but also just older dudes, and I just, it's different. It's different with Jimmy and Bam than it is for AD and uh, and LeBron for me. But I just like they get a sweep against a just a hurt um dysfunctional minnesota team but they took care of business there are other teams around the league that people want to buy into more right now and denver didn't really play with their food they just took care of business they've been the best team in the west all year long i feel like people just don't want to do it because they haven't seen it yet but i'm like i think they're just gonna coast like everyone's into the lakers into the warriors into any the suns but i'm like I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Nuggets are just deeper than everybody. Jamal Murray looks back to his old self. Health permitting, I don't think they're going to have a problem. Maybe I'll eat these words, but I don't know if you're seeing what I'm seeing. And I understand it's the Timberwolves, but like they're just clicking on all cylinders. And I understand there's some defensive questions, but the West just isn't what it's been. And I think the Nuggets are just in their own kind of tier. I'm just, I'm not nervous. I think they coast. Am I crazy? I'm with you. I, I got to agree with you on this, honestly. I'm, I'm not going to – there's no first take going on on this segment. But okay. The, the Nuggets are, the be, like you said, the best team in the West all year. To me, they have the biggest advantage of chemistry or as big yeah. as anyone. I mean, we're, we finally have this, this core four that teased us with that two-week period after the trade where they looked like this unguardable offense and then – Jamal got hurt and we had to miss out on them for what felt like two years. And now here they are, they're all healthy and they look just as unguardable as before. And anytime you get basically that inverted pick and roll or a, or a Spain pick and roll where, where you have a back screen for, for Jokic to pop out and Porter or, or Jamal running through. And then it just rolls right into the next pick and roll with, with uh Jokic running an on on the ball, running a pick and roll with Gordon rolling to the rim. It's just it, it just feels unguardable because at the moment you send a second to defender to Jokic, that's over. I mean, you're getting an open layup for Gordon at the rim, or an open three for catch and shoot for Porter, or of course Jamal or or Porter scoring themselves. So you you have that top four as talented a group as there is, and. Shout out to you know Milwaukee and Golden State and Philly because those are some other you know strong chemistry talent depth teams that 
probably have a similar advantage, but you know, the, the chemistry part can't be underrated here because it, it just rolls right into how comfortable teams are in the biggest moments doing the same thing, getting those reps in, in playoff situations. And I think the other big element and what separates them from maybe like the Cavs, like we were talking before, is that they finally have some good depth filling their roles really well. Like this, the the trade of Monte Morris for KCP was really kind of a big trade because in my opinion, Morris is a slightly better player in a vacuum. He's a better playmaker, decision maker, reliable backup point guard. But KCP just fits that lineup, the starting mm-hmm. lineup, perfectly with his D and three needs. Like uh, such an offensive, skilled lineup that just needs a defender that can hit the catch and shoot three and guard point of attack defense. And boom, you you found him. And that lineup with KCP with the core four is plus thirteen net rating in mm-hmm. seven hundred minutes together this season. They're just they're they're crushing it. So that that was a, a win of a trade. And you get Ish Smith in the deal, who's just a, a fan favorite, locker room, fun guy, pushing the pace. He's been around the league for at least a decade. Just I wonder how many teams he's been running on running totally. second units. I feel like he's got to be pushing half the league now, right? I, I was gonna guess double digit, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to do that to him. But it, it's it gotta felt be like, double digit. Felt like it. Yeah, but uh, gotta love where his. And obviously, as the playoffs can go on, the team might prefer to play better defenders or two-way players that that aren't going to get beat so maybe he loses a a few minutes to someone like christian brown who is earning minutes with hustle two-way play some mean dunks he's thrown down and uh bruce brown is as well from from the nets He, he hasn't been quite the same player as getting those wide open layups off Kyrie and kd over in brooklyn but he's coming back to his own the last few playoff games and just another defender who can make the right play. And then it's filling the rotation with the, these basically two-way team-first players that, that you want to be able to plug and play into the lineup with these other offensive stars. And Jeff Green's another example of that, another immortal Jeff mm-hmm. Green. He just still Played has a lot of playoff games, won a title. Oh, yeah. still mm-hmm. throw, He's good for a dunk a week. Yeah, bringing that plus defense on the wing and still a little bit of streaky scoring and three point shooting. So I mean, he he can plug and play pretty much any lineup there. And I think that depth and chemistry has just been huge for them, and and kind of is what makes them the favorite. Even though, like you said, we haven't technically seen them do it yet, and that is the big holdout for sports fans. Is you know, if you haven't seen them win at all, then you gotta there's just no faith from but like you said it's the death lineup like i just those five if they're healthy this whole run they're making the finals i just i think it's more fun to be like oh kevin durant lebron like all these different shiny objects around and i'm like the nuggets have been the like i just i I don't understand it and that's the other thing is all those other stars don't have the chemistry this year like like the lebron lakers are a whole new team kevin durant has played like six total games before the playoffs with the suns i think Mm. out of the 20 possible something like that so like obviously the talent's there but you know tory craig is their fifth guy right now like are they gonna go tory craig in this series that's uh could be tough michael malone knows tory craig but he was a denver guy like they're gonna i don't think you can do that they'll be going four on five like i don't think you're gonna be able to survive that way against denver yeah it's tough you you, if you have a hole on either end in the playoffs someone will take advantage of it and 
Torrey the Knicks are doing that right now to the Cavs. Yeah. yeah, that's what they're doing. Right, the, the Cavs can't find a fifth player. It seems like to put out there. We got to call that the Clippers rule, the the Clipper problem, like the 2012-13 Clippers, where it's like <laughs> oh, yeah. they always had four. They always oh, had Blake, yeah. DJ, JJ, and CP. They just I Matt Barnes, Lance Stevenson. Jeff Green was there once. Yes, they he kept trying, there. and they never figured out the fifth. And that was the difference, maybe, between them winning a title was just not having that full complement of guys ever right. never having the right pieces at the right time and doc was gm and there was always yeah. a little bit of a, a joke that someone would beat the clippers pretty bad one week and get traded there two weeks later mm-hmm. and he still wouldn't be the problem but you know they, they just never figured it out but those kings were good or those clipper teams were good they were a lot of fun man blake was my dude prime blake was oh fun. man oklahoma just ah love prime blake. people for dunks yeah um do you think it was the right move for the raps to fire nick nurse and do they just need like a new voice or should they seriously consider recalibrating all the way this this offseason whether that means moving on from at least fred van fleet entertaining finally pulling the trigger on og and anobi who feels like he's been in trade rumors for two and a half years now like how would you go about it and were you surprised by nick nurse moving on and getting really fired by the raptors Right, that was a bit of a surprise. At least the uh, terminology that was used a little bit, a little harsher than you would mm. normally see for parting ways, especially for a champion coach there and all that. But um, I, from the outside looking in, I, it just seems like he, he kind of lost his the voice in the locker room, like you said, that there were maybe a new voice, a little more modern motivation, optimistic type of voice to to bring in might be the move or just maybe a just a change for the sake of change i mean sometimes it, it, a roster might not be perfectly constructed to compete and if if the coach can't take advantage of that roster and maximize it then somebody's got to go and usually it's the coach but you know i i think the front court of the roster is obviously loaded and very set for the future and you know siakam and scotty and maybe even precious seem to be guys that they're building around and obviously og is worth is, is good enough to be part of that front court if if they want him there but it does seem like he, he is some either once out or there seems to be a lot of smoke there for him moving on and like you said fvp as well um i mean i'd i'm a big believer in scotty so i'd i'd love to see like maybe a like unleashing him in more of a, a, a point guard role, him and Siakam initiating half-court offense and kind of like maybe you saw Jason Kidd do with Giannis early on where you just hand Scotty the ball, run off turnovers, initiate offense, be our point guard, <clears throat> and just try to find some uh, good basketball players who can fill out the lineups, spread the floor, attack closeouts around them. And in theory, Fred Van Vliet is that type of player. So, you know, I don't necessarily think the talent is that, it, on the roster is bad, but maybe just a couple misfitting pieces here. May, maybe they need a more traditional point guard who can just play make and, and create some of these half court looks for everyone. And it was too much of what I just said before. And maybe that's the problem. So, I mean, try, trying either one or going all in, or at least, you know, building the roster to have the options for both and finding a coach that wants to align themselves with the best player and the GM for whatever that vision is, is, is obviously important. Yeah. I just, 
I think they're just fighting the inevitable. Like you just, when you were talking about like getting the most out of this group, I'm like, I'm not sure you'll find a coach who gets the most out of a limited roster. Like Nick Nurse is the only coach around the league. I love uh, I'm going to miss the Toronto Raptors box scores in the morning when I'm going <laughs> through it. I'm like 48 minutes of blank, 43 minutes of blank, 42 <laughs> minutes of like no other coach was doing this to my season. Like it's only him. He's only the only guy playing a playoff rotation throughout the entire regular season. So it's like, I kind of wonder what their record would be like if he was being more cautious and was giving more minutes to Malachi Flynn and giving more minutes to Boucher or whoever. Like, I I mean, he really did maximize this group. And like you said, he did win a title with this group. He can coach. He'll get on with somebody else really quickly. But you saw Houston pop up. Like, if I'm him, I'm staying away. Like, Houston's like the number one job I'm staying away from. Like, I have no interest in what's going on there. And until they're committed to just not a bunch of young guys and you read the stuff about the culture and just it's just seems bad like it all seems bad i would stay away from that one um but he'll have his his opportunities but you also have to wonder about like what Masai does like does Masai look at this where i'm like i got my title here maybe like the washington thing already came up do you go somewhere else where you're like this is kind of running its course i don't know what else i can do here like yeah, I like Scotty Barnes. I like Pascal Siakam, but like, how do we actually get up here? And then it's also just kind of weird they didn't trade Fred VanVleet at the deadline. Like that was one I just just do it like that. You're not yeah. make, like even if you make the plan. Like what what are we fighting for here? Like he's going to be gone after this year. Why would you not move Fred VanVleet at the deadline? I think that was that was a huge mess up on their part. And they a rare one went the opposite direction with the the Podol deal. I mean, they yeah. he brought in Jacob Podol to shore up the front line, uh, almost to to make a, a stronger push for either this season or to just reassure that front court. And yeah, it's it's definitely a, a weird mis- one would call it a mismanagement of assets if mm. if a player just walks away for nothing. And which I think is what he's going to do, right? How it goes sometimes. And it, it looks like, I mean, the magic are a rumor. Well, I was team. about to ask you, this is where the magic come in. Okay. This is yeah. where the magic entered the fold. We could have made a, an offer to trade for him, but I, people were even saying there where, why, why trade anyone now? If you can just sign them in the summer. Okay. But if let's say they do, right. Let's say that's their big summer signing. The Orlando magic, bring in Fred Bentley. I don't, know who sticks because you're already running into the problem of like Jalen Suggs is coming off the bench like I was one of those sickos this year watching Mm -hmm. jazz magic early before work um this season so I don't know if you remember like the Taylor Horton Tucker was uh the lead guard um and Walker Kessler was a beast in the boards but Paolo a lot of fun like he was the way he would attack and get to the line was just special as a rookie it was just one of those things where I would tell people I'm like he's just so fearless like the dude is just he plays so polished offensively. Like he's a really posh player. And then Wagner is just so much fun passing and he'll find these crazy passes that just should not work. And they do. And it was a, it was a fun game. Markel plays at his own style. He lives in his own world. Like he's just the classic. He's doing his own thing out there. And I don't, it's slow. It works, but he's just, he's living in his own world. All that to say, I don't know because Gary Harris became one of the league's best three point shooters. Like he has to be a part of this. I think a little bit because he is so important to your spacing because it's not like you're litter with shooters right now in Orlando. And then you have Cole Anthony, who's just a bucket and really become like, he's one of those dudes who you would assume is like 37, the way he plays and the way he understands his role, but he's really uh, just been in the league a couple of years and has already found. He's like, I'm not going to be a league guard. 
I'm not going to be a, a Kyrie Irving. I'm not going to be a max player. I'm going to stick in this league for 18 years being uh, Anthony Carter, Chucky Atkins. That's what I'm going to be. And that's fine. Good. Yeah, but good if you want it, you just like Jalen Suggs just feels like such an important lottery piece that you still have to figure out. But if you side friend Van Vliet, Jalen has to come off the bench for all of next year. Like, I just don't see a path to him getting the opportunity. So, like, would Jalen have to be out? Like, would you have to be saying, Jalen, we whiffed. We are not going to be able to just develop it because I don't see the room in the roster if you sign Fred Van Vliet. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, someone might have to be in theory go. if you That's bring a crowded Fred room, man. In. That's just a lot of guards for sure. I definitely... I, I think of it like from a roster building, like working your way in. Like if you have Franz and Paulo there, you're mm. trying to think what kind of guards fit with those forwards where you have kind of the creation in the front court. You want someone who Gary can Harris. spread. Yeah, Gary Harris is, fits really well. I mean, he, what did he finish? Been, like 40% from three, 40 something. It was at higher? least. Yeah. At least. Yeah. Um, I, I have it here somewhere actually, but um, he, he was on fire. I actually have uh, Paolo's free throw numbers in front of me. I I was I'm writing about uh, the magic season, and mm. he he had just a historic free throw rate. He was tied with Zion for 19th all time in free throw attempts. As That's a not surprising when you watch them. Like the, it was one yeah. of the most under talked about. You had to watch the magic. It's like this dude's unbelievable. I can't even line. And it was real contact, and it was him initiating offense. It wasn't like he was getting cuts and just getting. No, he was initiating. He's too and big up. for the yeah. smaller guys and too fast for the big guys. And, and mm. like Zion, like just this walking mismatch where he's he's drawn fouls in transition as a killer. He's drawn fouls in ISO running pick and roll like just effortlessly. And it's, you know, it's legit when a rookie who has no respect from refs and has, they have no choice but to say, oh yeah, obviously he just fouled him because that's the only option because it's Mm. like, like a tank out there, like Barkley or Shaq running down the lane, like, and the only hope is to throw him off, make him Mm. hit free throws. But the big difference between him and like Shaq there is he's also 74% free throw shooter. So he's getting seven, getting to the line seven and a half times a game and hitting 74%. That's, that's like an efficient rate that that's right up there with like LeBron and right next to Zion there and, and other great players. So in terms of the free throws, that's huge. But back to uh, Fred Van Vliet, I, I think that he does feel that kind of a secondary score need where he can play off these forwards, off their driving kicks. And also in theory, he's one of the rare guards that should fit next to Fultz too, because Mm. this is a, it's kind of a weird fit where. I also didn't even say Fultz and all of that. I just completely, I just left Fultz out. (laughs) He's just dancing, throwing shoulder fakes out there. Mm. But I like, I think Fultz has done enough to prove he is a part of this core unit. And like the, the team moves with his pace Mm. with, with at his pace. And, there, it's just a weird fit because Paulo and Fultz are like these driving forces that don't aren't necessarily knock down three point shooters yet. And if Paulo is the clear guy, then it's tough to have two guys that aren't necessarily knock down three point shooters on the floor. And then Wendell's bookending the lineup as well, and he's finally more willing to let it fly. 
but it just gets starts getting a little bit clunky. So you really need a sniper if you're going to start those guys, and that's where Fred VanVleet would come in because off and on the ball, and he can score. He can sh- shoot the shoot the ball from deep, off the dribble, on the dribble, and he can defend ones and twos next to Fultz and kind of switch back and forth. So in theory, he's kind of bringing a little bit of the best of both worlds from from what Cole and Suggs kind of what you're hoping for. Like you out of there, you want that combo guard that can do a little bit of everything, be a positive defender, score and shoot. And so I would think those are probably the players that kind of get either squeezed out of the rotation or you just kind of move on from other veterans and and keep the prospects around in case of injuries and, and hope that development takes place. But I would think if we if the Magic pursued Fred Van Vliet, then Suggs and Cole, like you said, probably lose a little bit of opportunity in that sense. So that's kind of a big decision: is if 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 either a you give up on the prospect completely and just you 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 spend your free agency allotment salary on someone that fits this roster and you keep building and and just kind of take it as a sunk cost in a sense and move on or you you still can use the the money and just try to keep everybody happy but it's just tough if there's not enough minutes like like we talked about before so i mean do you keep gary harris do you do you keep jalen suggs and cole and hope that maybe the development comes down the line i mean i would probably want to keep the prospects and and uh edge out some other veterans but you know, someone's Gary's gonna have to go. Really so let's someone's do it. Someone's gotta be good. Who yeah. who goes? I'll make I ask you the hard question. Ooh. Who goes in this scenario Ooh. if Fred Van Fleet signs? Who's is it one or could it be even two odd men out here? It might yeah. I mean it, it it's tough. I feel like it's gotta be Cole or or Suggs because of the roles that they play. Like mm. you you basically like you it's almost overkill to have one or the other, but and, and you have and, what? Don't you have two lottery picks? So yeah, the Magic have their own lottery pick and the Bulls lottery pick top four protected this year. So pretty That'll about probably a 90% convey. chance of yeah. the Bulls pick conveying, I think. And so one of idea. those could be a guard. And then you're just adding to another. Easy. Like, I mean, the, the, the Magic could easily be looking at uh, like Scoot Henderson or yep. Amin Asar Thompson next year or, you know. Someone's out. Very, I don't know who it very, is, but someone's out of this group, at least one. Yeah, I mean, I I think at the same time, the like the like putting on the other perspective, they did not make the trade. They they had mm. the option. It seems like at the deadline, to it, the rumors were we, they were going to give up Suggs and bring back Fred VanVleet, mm. and that didn't happen. So maybe they think they can get VanVleet in free agency and still keep most of the backcourt here. And injury wise, there's always someone hurt anyway, so it doesn't necessarily not necessarily like a clear career ender for anyone here. It could just be, we, we got a big free agent and fight for your spots and you know, whoever is the odd man out, someone's going to end up out. And also we always end up with injuries anyway. So like Cole ended up starting for the first 30 games before Fultz was back or what 20 games or whatever it was and stuff like that. So, you know, there's a couple different ways to play it where also, um, 
you know, all these all these players are on rookie salary deals. So, mm. so the time to strike on a free agency acquisition is this year, is next year, before the the big extensions come for Paulo and Franz. And and you got and while thankfully, pretty much all the other young veterans like Isaac Fultz, Wendell are all on very team friendly deals that are about the the salary of a six man where they're all about 15 million isaac is that a basketball player or is that is that still a (laughs) my imagination i was gonna say i I don't recall i i I feel like there was some memory of an isaac at some point in orlando the greatest defender we've ever seen at for a game a couple games right maybe yeah i think he was gonna be the next dream on oh man he's such a good defender get well soon isaac we need him back we need everybody back no more injuries. Turn off these injuries. Three I was years. Looking at the Cerebro impact, he, mm. he has a perfect hundred rating for defense from <laughs> his short his short stint this year. He's just it's just so nice to it's a what if. It's a fun what if too. I mean, imagine that defensive he, anchor. Who is he taking? Whose role is he taking with Franz and Paolo on the floor in every closing lineup? Like I don't know how yeah. he fits. I, I honestly uh, that's why I was just getting it. I feel like he's a small ball five now for this type of team. Like mm. a jet, like if he could shoot, he would be playing more of like a Jack, Jaron Jackson type of role or, and, and maybe without the shot, maybe more of like a Draymond or a Bam type at type of role where it's handoffs and a little bit of mid range game offensively, but otherwise it's defensive anchor shutting down passing lanes, just the one man wrecking crew who can protect the rim and switch on anyone and where you run like, Franz, Paulo, and Isaac as the the dynamic small front court, and that mm. does, you know, maybe maybe Wendell brings more of a consistent two way option there, while Isaac is more of whenever he's healthy. Hopefully, we get something of the like. To me, he's one of the most dynamic defenders I've ever seen. But obviously, this is only when he plays, and it has, it's been a while. And we got a little bit of a stint back. I'm glad he got some games in this season before going down again but you know we'll see but man anyway the 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 point there was their salary allocation that the the front office has done a really good job of um basically just making team friendly deals over and over again i think the whole roster is between 15 and 19 million or or on a rookie deal below that so there's they've done a great job of basically every time signing a a if it's a big deal, it's descending. It's 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 getting cheaper as the years go by, which which make it way more tradable, like like the boots trade was or the boots deal was. So that that's been a great move for them to open up opportunities like this summer, where they can grab a Fred Fred Van Vliet for twenty twenty five million, add him to the rotation, and they can kind of do that without saying like we used up our only max slot on Fred Van Vliet. Like instead it's like we, we, we sent 20% of our salary allocation on, on Fred Van Vliet and we have all these other great talents on rookie deals. So we can kind of afford for him to be our big salary for these couple of years and kind of wait it out and see if maybe one more guard pops as the third guard. Maybe he's the third guard eventually where, where Suggs pops as the, the two but you know that that's just kind of all a bunch of different options for how, how they could involve fred and in, in going forward there you go rk what can the good folks check out from you over on the Substack this week yeah uh, i 
teased it a little bit. I'm um, writing about the Magic's season on, and I'm also working with Swish Theory, getting some articles out there. I just wrote about Jaron Jackson's development, and I might end up th this Magic one might end up being released on there. I'm not exactly sure. I'm, I'm also hoping to write about Aaron Gordon and his real just beautiful fit as a defender and i started writing it so now that i've said it i've now challenged myself to finish writing it and get that out there too so we got magic talk we got aaron gordon jaron jackson check it on swish theory or my Substack beyond the rk and uh always fun talking hoops there you go love it man i'm glad we were able to do this tonight this was awesome and uh we'll get you back on again soon sir you have yourself a great rest of your night and i'll talk to you next week you know it this has been ingram radio voice of the atlanta braves and i'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the chase thomas podcast as a friend of the podcast i'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one to show your support for the program tell a friend or coworker, or even a family member about the program and if you're an apple podcast listener leave the show a rating and a review it goes a long way that'll do it for me but don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Chase, I think I'm going to hear more about you. I really do. I think you've got a way about you, but you're interviewing, mm -hmm. you're, um, pleasantness, you're smart. So I think I'm going to hear big things about you. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 